You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Archaeotech Podcast, episode 63. I'm your host, Chris Webster, flying solo today. On today's show, I give you a quick update on Apple and the September iPhone event. If you use Apple products in the field, then this episode is for you. Let's get to it. Welcome to the show, everyone. Archaeotech is the show where we break down the tech and give you the good and the bad so you can make an informed decision. This show is no exception. I know a lot of people use Apple products in the field, and some of you probably want to, but don't know what to do. Well, Apple has made it easier for you to bring tech into the field, so let's talk about it. All right, so the first thing they announced was the Apple Watch Series 3. Uh, for those of you that don't know, there was a Series 1. This is how Apple's numbering the Apple Watch. Um, I had the Series 1. It was a pretty decent device. And then they came out with the Series 2, which added its own internal GPS and made it waterproof and, of course, increased battery life and things like that. And now they have the Series 3, which uh, I should get mine as you're hearing this next week, um, sometime in the second week of October, I think it is. So one of the things... Well, a few of the things that it added, and the biggest one is the internal cell antenna. So it has its own cellular antenna, and you can be able to pick these out if you spot them in the wild, so to speak, um, because the digital crown, which is the rolly knob on the side, will have a red dot on it. So that's how you know it has its own internal cell antenna. So if you're going to steal one, steal one of those. But um, anyway, and the GPS has been improved as well. Um, It's got a dual-core processor, which is pretty impressive for such a small device. Um, Siri can talk back. So for those of you that do own an Apple Watch, you know that when you talk to it via Siri, which is actually really easy and convenient, um, it just puts text on the screen, which can be a little bit of a pain in the ass when you're driving (laughs) because you still have to look at this small device and read it. But now Siri can talk back on the phone. Uh, The battery life is 50% more efficient, which is amazing because the difference from the Series 1 to the Series 2 was uh, life-changing. I mean, I've gone on four or five-hour bike rides before, running a workout the whole time. When you run a workout, you're constantly taking heart rate, uh, which really destroys the battery. But even that, with the Series 2, the Series 1, I may not have been able to use the watch until a recharge after that. But with the Series 2, I mean, I still had easily 40 to 50% battery life left after that. So it'd get me through the day. And this one is 50% more efficient. So you could actually run a workout, um, which would take your heart rate continuously, which might be advantageous for people with maybe a heart issue. Uh, If you're out in the field, you could do it for the entire work shift. Um, there's also a new altimeter. Um, the altimeter is, uh, going to give it way better GPS reporting. Um, because if it knows, you know, three points in space, blah, blah, blah. But also, uh, I mean, there's a lot of apps that you use to track, um, different things and an altimeter onboard the watch rather than doing it with software, um, will be a, a really big improvement. The case is the same size. They still come in a 38 and 42 millimeter. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, so the cellular function, uh, it uses the same number as your phone, um, but will work without your phone. So basically you're getting a data plan on this device that uh, will probably cost you money. With your with AT&T, it's going to be an extra $10 in your account until they possibly reduce that or do something different because they've limited functionality on it. So um, I'm not going to speak to the to the data plans and stuff too much because it really depends on what service you're on. But having a cell phone number on there means that it will work uh, without your phone. So because it has its own cell antenna, if your phone dies during the day, the watch will still work, which is pretty great. So if you're in the field, um, this will be really good for emergencies and safety. It will allow you to make phone calls, um, emergency phone calls, call 911, 
whatever you need to do. If your phone dies and you don't have an external battery for it and something bad happens, you'll still have the functionality to call. And that's really great because you don't use your watch as much throughout the day. You do use your phone quite a bit, even if you're in the field um, for various things, whether you're taking notes on it or just screwing around on it on a break. Um, phones tend to die a lot in the field. So um, having this ability to still make a phone call um, is pretty good. So I'd say that's one of the, the biggest pluses to getting the Apple Watch Series 3 for field work. Um, also, uh, you know, I had an issue a couple of years ago where I had some shortness of breath and things like that. And the, the VA where I go get my medical care ended up actually doing an angiogram on me to, to see if anything was going on. turns out nothing was really wrong with me. I do have low flow in one of my arteries and they don't really know why. But one of the things I think would have helped me with this Series 3 is, like I said, it does take your heart rate, but this is a little more in tune to you. So it detects an elevated heart rate when you aren't active. So if you're running a workout, it won't give you a warning. But if you're not running a workout and you're just relatively inactive, you're sitting there or you're walking in a way that um, is not elevating your heart rate like, like an exercise, it will actually detect not only elevated heart rates, but arrhythmias as well. So um, odd heart rates, which is um, which is pretty great. And there's a lot of, I mean, let's face it, there's a lot of older people in the field. And there's people in the field with heart conditions that might not know it. And when we're out there and we're doing things, um, you know, obviously sometimes our heart rate gets elevated just because of our work, because it, it can be tough. But sometimes your heart rate could get elevated and not come back down. And then that will detect that theoretically. I haven't seen it work and I haven't heard reports of it working, but Theoretically, it's supposed to detect that so you can uh, stay safe. Then you can use that watch to call 911. There you go. All right, so I'm just mentioning this because it was part of the keynote, not too much of a use for people in the field, but the Apple TV 4K. So Apple TV is coming out new. It's got 4K support, which, you know, great. But the only thing I've ever recommended Apple TV for is field techs that are, um, you know, traveling uh, staying in hotels. But good luck finding a hotel with a 4K TV. So, and, and also... Most of the apps out there don't have 4K content yet, or at least not good 4K content. I use Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime, um, which should be coming to the Apple TV soon. Amazon should be. But either way, streaming 4K content, they there's just not very many people have it. Apple has it if you download their movies in 4K, which will cost the same as the um, HD movies do now. And if you have HD movies that you've purchased from Apple and there's a 4K version, they will automatically convert to 4K uh, if you have the 4K Apple TV. So um, so that's cool. But again, you need a 4K TV to actually see 4K. <laughs> so um, I'm just mentioning that because it's on there. All right. Hey, podcast fans, check out the ARC 365 podcast at www.arcpodnet.com forward slash ARC 365. That's A-R-C-H 365 for your daily dose of archaeology. Each episode is less than 15 minutes long, and we have some great guests recording about awesome archaeology. We also try to throw in some definitions and basic archaeological information. So check out the 365 Days of Archaeology podcast only in 2017 at www.arcpodnet.com forward slash ARC 365 today. Find us also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music by typing ARC365 into the search. Now back to the show. All right, we're back, and we're talking about the iPhone September announcement. So the final two things are the iPhone 8 and the iPhone X. And let me first talk about why they skipped 9. So the iPhone 8 is part of the regular upgrade cycle. Uh, they've just kept numbering ever since the iPhone three, basically three G, uh, they called it. And that was related to the network that was on. And then the four, 
uh, and then they just started numbering them regardless of the networks. Maybe they thought networks would number the same way, but they didn't. So they just kept numbering their phones. You know, there's been some S's in there when they didn't want to release a new one. Like instead of the five, um, instead of the six, initially they came out with a five S only. So that's been kind of a weird thing. So this time around though, they came out with the iPhone eight and then the iPhone X or the iPhone 10, depending on who you talk to. Um, I heard them say iPhone 10 in the keynote, so I'm going to go with Apple on that one, but it says X instead of 10. So now one of the reasons for that is, I mean, why they skipped nine? I don't know. I think they just said, screw it. We're Apple. We can do whatever we want. They put eight out as the next phone. And then the 10 is a jump up. It's a complete departure from all the other phones Apple has made. It's got the edge to edge display that like some of the Samsung phones have had for a while. Um, and we'll get into some of the other particulars, but it's also the 10 year anniversary of the iPhone. So they think they just wanted to say, let's do 10 because it's the 10 year anniversary and they're acknowledging that they screwed up all the numbers to begin with. So (laughs) maybe, uh, next year will be the 11, hopefully. Um, and I don't think we'll ever see a nine. I think that's just out. Um, but anyway, let's get into some of the particulars on the iPhone eight. Um, my wife just got an eight plus and, uh, and it's a pretty great phone. It does some pretty neat things with the cameras. Uh, which I think are one of the most functional things for the iPhone. So this has the dual camera like the iPhone 7 did, which means you've got a regular lens and a telephoto lens on the back. And telephoto just means 2x, basically. Um, But the two lenses work in conjunction with each other to do some fun things. Uh, The iPhone 8 has a uh, f1.8 and f2.8 apertures on those lenses. Um, Bluetooth 5.0. And all this, most of this applies to the the 10 as well. Bluetooth 5.0 for faster... Bluetooth transfers, which is great in the field, um, and better and more secure Bluetooth connectivity. Uh, wireless charging, which is a first for iPhone. I know Samsung and other Android devices have had it for a while, but wireless charging, and Apple's coming out with some wireless charging pad next year, but it'll work on the the key or Qi charging standard. I've heard both, um, but QI. So a lot of things, like I think Ikea makes some lamps and desks and stuff that have that, and you see that in some coffee shops, like some Starbucks, where there's like a a thing just sitting there, a pad, and you just set your phone on it on the table and it charges. Um, uh, it's sealed for water and dust resistance. So it's the seven, uh, stereo speakers, which is kind of cool. So since it is sealed and it has stereo speakers, you can probably just play this out on your, your field site and, um, while you're working and have some decent music out there. Um, the a 11 bionic chip, they're calling it is the new driver for this thing. Uh, and again, it's all a step up from previous models and, uh, back to the camera real quick. It's a 12 megapixel camera, which is, uh, pretty decent. And I'd say getting to be kind of the standard for digital phone cameras. Some have way higher, some have way less, but most of the, your high end phones and your, 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 your majority usage phones have around a 12 megapixel camera. So Okay, now let's move to the iPhone 10. So like I said, this has an edge-to-edge display, um, and it kind of curves down just a little bit on the edges. It's also got a super retina display with a 2436 by 1125 resolution, which is huge for a phone. 458 pixels per inch, which is a lot. Um, facial recognition. So instead of a home button and fingerprint, uh, it actually recognizes your face. And it said it learns your face, too. So as your face changes through time, I don't know how long they think you're going to have this one phone, but if your face, your face changes through time, you grow a beard, you know, you shave off your beard. It recognizes your face either way. You're wearing makeup or you're not wearing makeup. It knows what you look like. Um, and it, and it knows it's you. So the cool thing about that is more than a few times when I've wanted to do something with my phone and I need to use Siri 
because I have gloves on or my hands are dirty or something like that, I can say, you know, blah, 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 Siri, do this. And uh, it says you need to unlock your iPhone to see this content or something like that because it's opening an app or doing whatever. And I can't do that because I need my fingerprint or I need to, you know, do something else where I'm activating Siri. Um, now I'll still be able to use Siri, but um, I just look at it and it's instant facial recognition. And, and that should work pretty well, uh, especially for the field. Like I said, when your hands are dirty or, or you're wearing gloves or something like that, you'll just be able to lift it up. You could tell Siri to open, say, you know, an app for you, even just like open the notes app and then quickly dictate some notes for you while you're in the field, which would be pretty handy. I think it says the battery lasts, um, uh, two more hours than the iPhone seven, which is of course, battery increases with every upgrade for every phone. Comes in a 64 gigabyte and 256 gigabyte uh, version, which is pretty cool. And uh, pre-orders are on October 27th if you're listening to this in real time in 2017. Ships November 3rd. So that's pretty much it. Um, I think my, my final thoughts on this are... Out of all these things, if you don't own any of this or you are upgrading, I would say get the Apple Watch. And now keep in mind, the Apple Watch only works with an iPhone, not an iPad and not another phone. You have to have an iPhone 6, I think, and above to make the Apple Watch work And um, because it, it links to that. Even the cellular version needs to initially connect with an iPhone. So keep that in mind. But the Apple Watch is a great addition to anybody who's a current iPhone user or will become one. And uh, like I said, really great for field safety does all kinds of awesome things um, regarded, regarding uh, you know your, your, your heart rate and uh, there's really good GPS apps out there that will tell you where you're at. You know you can stay in your transect with the watch rather than carrying around a big GPS or even a small e-trex that can be a pain in the ass. This you just hold it up and bam you can see where you're at. So and that's just going to get better through time. If you're looking for the new phone, um, either the 8 or the 10 would be good. If you don't have a phone right now uh, or you're upgrading from like a 6 or something like that. I'd say just wait for the 10. Uh, now, true, the price starts at $999, but if you're on like the AT&T Next plan, you'll pay monthly. It's probably somewhere around $40 a month. And then after 12 months, you can upgrade or pay out the balance on your phone or continue on for 18 months. There's also a 24-month plan with AT&T where you can upgrade in 18 months if you don't need a yearly upgrade cycle. Um and you can always buy out your plan. It's basically just a rental. So you can buy out your plan, uh, or it's a pay-as-you-go system, I guess, and then own the phone. Or you can trade in the phone, send it back, and get the new one. Um, so that's pretty cool. Anyway, um, yeah, between the 8 and the 10, I mean, like I said, it's the 10 is going to be... The 10 is going to last longer if you're the type of person that uses their phone for multiple years. If you always buy the newest one when you upgrade, buy the best one you can. If you're the type of person that holds onto your phone for two, three, four years, buy the best one you can, and it will simply last longer. That's just that's just plain math right there. Um, especially with this big of a hardware change, Apple is going to stop supporting some of the older hardware and the things that they can do because they've upgraded their hardware so significantly with this new screen, the new wireless charging, you know, new Bluetooth standards, stuff like that. Uh, it's just going to be a way more powerful device and it's going to um, not only way more powerful, but different. And it's different enough that they'll start, they'll stop supporting older platforms and you'll start running into problems. And it's not just Apple, it's developers too. They have to keep pace. So they will stop supporting older platforms as Apple moves forward. And that's just the march of progress of technology. So if you want to be 
uh, on the same phone for a while and you're in the market for a new one now, then pre-order that iPhone 10. And pro tip, stay up late on the 26th because at midnight Pacific time is when they go on sale. And if you wait until the morning on the 27th, um, your pre-order time will probably be two months out. That's no joke. Probably at least a month and a half, um, if not two months out. I missed it by a few minutes one time, and I was a month out. <laughs> so uh, they go they go pretty quick, and it's first come, first serve on the pre-order. So you have to be up at midnight on the AT&T or Verizon store or on the Apple store and hitting buy, 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 buy when that thing comes um, uh, comes available, if you want it soon. If you don't care... Then screw it. Do it the next morning. Have some coffee. Have a Danish. Do what you're going to do. And then go buy your phone. So no app of the day segment today, but uh, Paul and I are recording next week. And we'll bring back another great episode between the two of us. Um, again, as always, contact me, Chris, at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com or tweet at arcpodnet. And let us know what you want to know about. Uh, if, if you have any interview suggestions or topic suggestions, we'll take them. So Thanks a lot. Have a great time. And uh, let me know what you got in the comments and how you like it and, and more specifically what you don't like so we can all learn from it. All right. Thanks a lot. That's it for another episode of the Archaeotech podcast. Links to some of the items mentioned on the show are in the show notes for this podcast, which can be found at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash archaeotech. If you like the show and want to comment, please do. You can leave comments about this or any other episode on the website or on the iTunes page for this episode. You can also email us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com or use the contact form on the podcast webpage. If you'd like us to answer a question on a future episode, email us. Use the contact form on the website or tweet your questions with the hashtag archaeotech or tag at arcpodnet in your tweet. Please share the link to this show wherever you saw it. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. You can also type the name of the podcast into your favorite podcasting app and subscribe that way. Don't forget to go over to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It helps us get noticed so more people can find our podcast and benefit from the content. Also, send us show suggestions and interview suggestions. We want this to be a resource for field technicians everywhere, and we want to know what you want to know about. This show is produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle, and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode and for supporting the Archaeology Podcast Network. If you want these shows to keep going, consider becoming a member for just $7.99 US a month. That's cheaper than a venti quad eggnog latte. Go to archpodnet.com slash members for more info.